This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Mindy Henderson, who teaches us her specific strategies to deal with adversity in our lives. She believes that adversity is not an excuse. It's simply a reason to live. As a handy, capable wife, mother, and motivational speaker, Mindy is proof that we can reach any dream that we decide to conquer. She is a true inspiration, and today I celebrate her as an everyday leader who is changing the world. Start your personal growth journey today, where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com, register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader that can change the world. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, Mindy Henderson. I am so excited to share your story today on Everyday Leaders. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is a wonderful, our connection came through a friend of a friend like most people do. And you have an amazing story of courage, of being brave, of fighting the fight that we all say, yeah, we do that too. But you do it from a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And the encouraging part is so many people right now need to hear your story because they're struggling with what they feel is they're handicapped in life. And you're yeah. like, you can make it. I can tell you, you can do this. So <laughs> thank you for coming on and just sharing from your heart to help people and inspire the world on oh. how they can make it. Uh, I love you. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. I'm what a what a kind intro. I love it. Uh, well, it's just, you know, it's from the heart. And when I watch you and you've just evolved to try to help people say, if you're struggling with anything, I've been through it. And that's what the show is about is helping people with everyday obstacles, overcome those to live their life with success. And so with you, Mindy, your story, you live in Austin, Texas. And, and you have done some amazing things in your life. I'm not going to steal the show. And I, I would like you just to kind of connect to our audience and, and share with us how your journey started. 
Yeah, I would love to. So um, I was um, diagnosed with a neuromuscular condition when I was only about 15 months old. And um, it's a condition that, you know, it's a, it's a progressive condition. Um, it was, I'm not going to tell you how many years ago that I was diagnosed, <laughs> but it was, um, you know, it was, it was a few years ago and there was a lot less known about my condition back then than there is now. And I was diagnosed at the Mayo Clinic by the head of the neurology department and, um, seen by a number of doctors and, the, the news that was delivered to my parents was that I had this condition called spinal muscular atrophy and that I would, in fact, continue to lose all of my ability to walk and stand. Um, but they also told my parents that I would lose all of my cognitive function and that I probably would not live to be three. So, you know, it was... Um, devastating news for them, obviously. And, um, you know, kind of an uphill battle for us to fight. And, you know, we, we were told at the time that there was no treatment, no medication, no cure, nothing that could be done. And, you know, my parents were really my first examples of having hope in a, in a hopeless or what we were being told was a hopeless situation. You know, they, they went home and, did their best to process what had been told to them and they made a decision. And that decision was that, you know, despite what all of these experts and doctors were telling them, they were going to fight for me. And they wanted to know that if I were going to leave this planet earlier than they had anticipated that they, they wanted to know that they had done absolutely everything that they could. And so my dad actually started to do physical therapy with me and bit by bit, you know, it was a slow process, but I did start to improve. And over time, um, it became very clear that two out of three of the predictions that the doctors gave uh, were not going to be true. Thank goodness. You know, I, I did um, kind of get sentenced to life in a wheelchair, I like to say. Um, but and that's presented, of course, you know, challenges over the course of my lifetime. And, um, it's, it's been a challenge to architect the life that I have today because it's, I, 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 I also like to tell people that I'm, I'm kind of a living, breathing example of irony because <laughs> I was born with this, this condition that greatly limits me from a um, a physical perspective. And yet in my heart and in my soul, I am a fiercely independent person. And so it's, it's been an interesting journey to sort of bring those two pieces of me together and make them work. Mm -hmm. Well, the amazing story here is it's all about your mindset. And so you have decided from the very beginning you know, your parents gave you that courage and, and the opportunity and the freedom to be brave. And so you took that path and you said, okay, I can be brave and I can do this. And so that's what I love because you're handy capable of doing <laughs> so many things in the world and inspiring others to say, well, you could do that too. It's just about your mindset. Thank you. And, you know, I, um, 
I talk a lot about my family and my parents because they really did have a huge impact on my life and they really set the tone for my life because, you know, when you're an infant, when you're three, four years old, um, everything is reactionary, you know, and, and it takes influences in your life to help kind of set you up for success and set you up with that kind of mindset. And I was actually talking to my mom earlier today and she talked about how growing up, there are all sorts of things that she could have done for me, um, but she she really encouraged me to do things for myself and to to be independent and to to take care of myself as much as I could. Not that she wasn't compassionate; she absolutely was, but she really wanted to teach me that despite you know, the, the limitations and the challenges and that things might take a little bit longer, might be a little bit harder to do. She wanted me to know that I could do them anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I'm incredibly grateful to them for all of the great lessons that they gave me early on in my life. Um, you know, some other things that I think really helped to shape my mindset early on, you know, one thing was, was my, my sort of introductionary course to gratitude, because on a daily basis, there were all sorts of things that I could come home crying about, you know, all sorts of injustices and, and things that were hard for a child of five, six, seven years old to navigate, you know, I, I would come home and be upset because um, someone had made fun of me or I couldn't be keep up with the kids on the playground and, and things like that. And my parents stock answer to me every single time that I started to feel sorry for myself was to tell me to count my blessings. And it made me angry <laughs> when they said that to me, um, you know, because to to take something that's inherently bad or inherently difficult and to turn it into a positive um, takes effort. And when you're in those moments where you're feeling sorry for yourself and you feel like something is unfair and it's upsetting and it's conjuring up all of these negative emotions in you, it does require a lot of effort and a lot of almost kind of rewiring and retraining of your brain to think a certain way. And that's what they did for me when they were telling me and encouraging me to count my blessings because I really did grow up knowing how much I had and knowing how much worse someone else's problems could be than my own. Um, and so that is another just sort of gift that they gave me in how I grew up thinking and how I grew up approaching my own challenges and, and situations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always think about people say, you know, if you lose one sense or you lose one capacity other things make up for that. Yeah. And so I really want you to share with my audience today because they're going to flip out about this. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Your, your voice, your ability to sing Aww. and present and, and just perform in front of others. I think that is an amazing gift. And a lot of people say, oh, I'm too afraid to do that. I could never do um. that. And, <laughs> and you've come across so many things of courage, but that's one thing I want you to speak into that, how you decided to take on that challenge and what that felt like when you conquered that. 
Oh, you know, I've always, excuse me, I've always loved music and I can remember being, you know, five or six or seven years old and I grew up really loving country music. It was in the days of, I don't know if you remember like the Barbara Mandrell show on television, (laughs) but I was convinced that I was going to grow up and I was going to be Barbara Mandrell's bestie and um, that we were going to sing on stages together and I was going to be just like her. And so I had all of her records and I would spend hours in my room belting out her music at the top of my lungs you know my my poor parents I always tell people it was it was probably a little bit traumatic for them to hear myself my little seven-year-old voice belting out sleep and single in a double bed you know for hours in in my bedroom but they made it through and um you know it was just this love that I had from very, very early on. And I'm going to take a a little bit of a sidestep for a second and, and also, um, talk about an opportunity that I had when I was a child that kind of went hand in hand with music and singing and, um, and really kind of led to what I do today. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was very small, I was asked to be the Texas state poster child for the muscular dystrophy association, which was a huge honor. And, you know, really I got to be the face of the organization and who they benefited and who they helped. And I got to be on television and, and go to events and talk to people about, this organization and all of the good that they were doing in the world. And I actually gave my first speech when I was four, um, at one of these events. And so a love of public speaking was kind of encoded in my DNA back then. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, all of these passions and experiences that I had early on really kind of taught me to turn what could be a real negative in my life into a positive. And it taught me early on that I still had contributions to make and there were still um, talents within me that I could find and that I could use throughout the course of my life. And that's what I did with music. I sang all through school, all through high school. I competed. Um, then I went to college and I had to stop for a little while cause I had to focus on my grades. But then in my twenties, I kind of picked up country music again and started singing again and performing and recorded, um, music with George Strait's guitar and bass players, um, sang in South by Southwest and sang on, um, the national MDA telethon actually in Los Angeles. Wow. And just had some crazy good experiences that I'm so thankful for, Um, you know, and and all along, um, you know, it it took work. And I I learned that, um, you know, you're you're a passion is, is such a beautiful thing in a person. And it's, it's really something to be celebrated and to go out and share with people. And, you know, it, it took work and it, it wasn't easy, um, to, to find success in the area of music, but I'm proud to say that, that I did. And, um, and I, um, you know, it just knowing that, 
that I was capable of that and knowing, you know, looking back and having these incredible memories and experiences. Um, I just, you know, anyone who's out there who has a dream or goal, um, I always encourage them to, to go after it. Even if you don't know how, just take one step and it, it leads to some really incredible things. Mm-hmm. Well, finding your passion and with you, you know, thinking about singing and being this kind of poster child of four, I think that's such a great story because music speaks to your heart and it, it helps does. you really for people that are struggling, right? I mean, we're coaches and, and we really try to help people through that. But what you say is music, knowing your passion, stepping into your gift, finding that one thing that you can do next. It's the little things. And, and most of the time they're right in front of you and we just don't, we don't see it. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and yeah. that's why I love and your story. Again, yeah. And actually the thing that was really, really cool about, about music and about the fact that I was drawn to music and singing was that with, with the condition that I have, um, I have, you know, a slightly compromised um, respiratory system and music was, was honestly kind of a saving grace for me because I started doing it so young that I really, I developed kind of naturally really, really strong, um, and, and really developed my, my lung functionality. And a lot of people with my same condition, um, get pneumonia and, um, you know, end up in the hospital a couple of times over the course of their lives and, um, and really suffer with that particular side effect of the condition that I have and music, um, you know, not only did I love it and it brought such joy to my life, but it kept me, so, so healthy and, um, was really kind of like medicine to me. Um, even though I didn't know while I was doing it, um, that that's kind of what it was. It it really turned out to be that way. Mm -hmm. And so for people just, you know, finding that one inner peace that can help you focus on everything else that kind of brings your life together. And that's what I, I absolutely just love about your story is, thank you, as you have, you really drive that. And, you know, you're going to be speaking and I have to kind of put a plug in here because yeah. in October, uh-huh. uh, we're going to be together at Finding Your Inner Beauty Conference. In, I'm so excited. In San Antonio. I am so excited, yes. too. I get to give you a big hug with I with know. or without a mask. I don't care. Right, exactly. <laughs> but this is going to be a really fun experience to, to be together on October the 10th. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm really looking forward to that and, and hearing, I am as well. hearing you live. Um, tell me the things that have that you feel like, because we all feel this way. And I just want to hear from you something that you didn't feel at first that you were going to be able to overcome? It was almost overwhelming to you. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I have kind of a a flood of things coming to mind. Um, I guess um, the the first thing that comes to mind is um, going away to college. Um, You know, I, I had... It's funny, I think because of the family that I grew up in and the mindset that I had from such an early age, I just kind of assumed that 
my life was going to be like anybody else's and that I would graduate from high school. I would go to college. I would get married. I would have kids, you know, and, and do all of the typical traditional things that people do. And I didn't realize a lot of times until I was faced with doing them, um, that there, it was going to be a little bit more work Mm -hmm. than I anticipated. And I think the first time that that was really, really clear to me was when I was getting ready to go to college and, you know, I had this independent streak. I wanted to go, you know, live in a dorm and live away at school like anybody else. But I was starting to realize, you know, wait a second, I need someone to get me out of bed in the morning and I need to, um, I need help getting dressed every day. I need help, um, you know, opening doors and, and things like that. And so, um, my mom and I actually spent the better part of a year working with the university that I chose to go to Texas state, um, to make sure that things were going to be accessible. And it was really, I think that's when I learned, how to really break a problem down and really just ask one question at a time and get the answer and then kind of wash, rinse, repeat and project manage the heck out of it until you've sort of overcome an obstacle. And it really was, we had conversations with people at the university that went like, um, you know, we, we found the dorm that was probably going to be the most accessible. And we would talk to them about, okay, well, how does Mindy get inside of the dorm? Okay. So now that we've figured out how to get Mindy inside, how does she get into her actual room? And then once she's in her room, how does she turn on the light Mm -hmm. and who's going to be there to help her get in and out of bed and change her clothes? And what about the bathroom and how accessible is that going to be? And so, you know, for anybody who may be listening, that's faced with obstacles it's, you know, I I really just encourage you to break it down into bite-sized pieces and just keep asking questions and finding the answers until it's all figured out. Mm -hmm. What a great example. I mean, we can all close our eyes and say, if you had to go into an environment like that and just be so afraid of what, what can I do? Am I going to be able to do it? How will that look? And what, what if there's no one to help me? And that's a really scary place to be when you're going into an unfamiliar place and you've had all the resources that you've needed around. And so pushing yourself beyond that fear to say, but it's worth it because it can be possible. Yeah, it is so worth it. And I, you know, it, nothing makes me more sad, I think, than, than hearing stories of people who were deterred by fear, you know, because, um, I, there's a, there's a quote that I love. It's, it's a quote by, um, uh, a woman named Mandy Hale. And she says, it's okay to be scared. Being scared means you're about to do something really, really brave. <laughs> and I love personally the idea of being labeled as a brave person, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and like she says, it's okay to be scared, but don't let it stop you, you know, because, so many things that we are afraid of, so many things that overwhelm us or that we have no clue how to 
even begin, um, you know, it all starts with taking the first step. And yes, it may be scary, but the first step leads to the second step, which leads to the third step. And before you know it, you've done something that you can be really proud of. Mm-hmm. Man, so simple, yet so hard <laughs> to do when you're in the middle of it, right? <laughs> I, oh, I totally get it. Absolutely. It's, it's much easier said than done, but absolutely doable. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to change kind of directions here. I want to hear about your career. I know you're um, well-versed in software. Yep. How in the world did you decide of all the things that you could study that this was something that you were going to go all in and, <laughs> and really just put, put all your energy into? Yeah. Well, honestly, I didn't go to school planning to, to go into software. I have a, an undergrad in um, communications mm-hmm. with a specialization in PR. And, um, you know, I, I worked for a couple of years um, in, you know, entry level positions and marketing groups and things. And I, I started to, I had a couple of people who were really strong influences in my professional career. My best friend, um, Eileen, who I met around this time and ended up just being this grand influence in my, my professional career. And then my dad, who was really always sort of my, my mentor growing up and, um, you know, after I had worked for a couple of years, I started to realize um, first of all, um, it, it, being a disabled person is actually very expensive. <laughs> um, you know, there, um, there are a lot of things if you choose to live an independent life, like mm-hmm. I have, um, there are a lot of things that go into creating that and supporting it. Um, and I started to realize after I'd worked for a couple of years as, you know, a grown up adult figuring out life that I was going to need to get to a certain level in my career over time to be able to have the life that I wanted really. And so I made the decision to go back to school for my master's degree. Um, and then from there actually sort of fell into software working, um, at a company sort of doing, um, account servicing slash technical support slash customer support and learning things from the ground up and moved my way, um, sort of up the ladder and, um, and had the opportunity to, um, manage some teams in the department departments along the way and ended up with a really great, like 20 year career in high tech that I'm so very proud of. Um, I actually left that career about, it's actually almost been about two years now. Um, and I, I sort of pivoted and, um, started taking advantage of, um, some time that I had to take time off work and work on a public speaking and a writing career, which, um, has also turned into a coaching career. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, I've had this opportunity over the last couple of years to really be an entrepreneur and grow a business and, and learn how to figure things out from a business perspective. And it's been one of the best experiences of my life. And I'm really working every single day doing 
um, things that I'm, I'm passionate about and things that I've wanted to do for at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. And isn't that fun? Like we get to live the life that we want to live. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. In fact, it was funny. I was collaborating with someone who's on the West coast and, um, it was a Friday night, not too long ago, just a couple of months ago. And I was working on something that, you know, sort of a, a piece that, of, that I was in charge of um, on what the project that we were collaborating on. And I texted her. Um, I was kind of multitasking. I was watching a movie with my husband and um, and multitasking on this this project. And I texted her to ask her a question. She, she wrote me back and said, look at you working at 830 on a, a Friday night. And it was the first time that it occurred to me that I was working, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's when you know that you've really found the thing that you love doing. Mm-hmm. Cause you could do it 27 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And it doesn't feel like work. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's pretty amazing. And you know, I love this because so many people right now that are listening are saying, yeah, I just wish I could find that. I'm so depressed. I've so just been quarantined. I'm inside. I'm starting to do things back out again. And I, I just need to find that spark. I need to find that spark like like Mindy has, because you look Aww. at everything with that glass half full. And yeah. uh, and so it, the inspiration that people need today is just that you can do anything. Anything is possible if you just think into it. And think about the strategies, right? It's so true. And you have to, you know, there are so many components that, that go into it. Um, you know, first of all, I think you just have to, you know, hope is so big, whether it's, whether it's something, you know, an obstacle or, or adversity that you're facing or a life change that you want to make or a dream that you're trying to make come true, you know, hope is really, um, just the belief that something else is possible, you know, and, and hope has been a constant in my life. And it's something that's so important. In fact, I tell people all the time that the word hopeless is kind of in my world where I speak on a regular basis about overcoming adversity. Um, hopeless is kind of the F-bomb of adversity in my world. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I hope is huge and just believing in yourself, believing that something else is possible. And then, um, you know, I, I think determination and doing what it takes to, achieve that goal or to achieve that dream. And just knowing that it may take time, it may take patience, but, you know, kind of like I was talking about earlier, breaking things down one question at a time, one step at a time, um, you really can figure just about anything out. Mm -hmm. You sure can anything. I, I want, I don't want to miss this opportunity to share with people about your trip to China. Mm. Because I think it's really important. You have it on your website. You, you don't, I don't see you talking about it a whole lot. I yeah. think it's really important for people to see this is an obstacle that you decided. This is really important to me. It's a goal that I have. It's on in my heart. And, and so you overcame going to a country and doing something really special. Yeah. So tell us about that trip. Yeah. So, you know, 
growing up, one of the assumptions that I had about my life was that I, I would be a mom. And it was something that I always wanted. It's something that was always in my plan. Um, you know, the, the medical condition that I have, um, it's, it's really not an option for me to have a child biologically. And so I I always kind of knew that adoption was the way that we would go. And after my husband and I had been married for a couple of years, we decided that we wanted to start, (laughs) excuse me, down that road and, and working on our family. And we looked at every possible option under the sun. We looked at domestic um, adoption. We looked at international adoption. We looked at every country um, that had adoptions open to the United States. And we were very, very drawn to Chinese adoption. And we found an adoption agency that was absolutely the best at what they did. They were specialists in specifically Chinese adoption. They happened to be here in Austin, Texas, where we lived. And so we went to an information night, talked to a lot of people, heard the um, the presentation that night. And by the time we left, um, we, we wanted to adopt an older child who was at least four or five years old. And so with that knowledge and with everything that we had gotten there that night, we came out of the building knowing that our daughter was in China, you know, when you just know something. Mm -hmm. And I felt the urgency of that every step of the way I knew that she was there waiting for her mom, you know, and it, um, it, it would, that idea was with me every single day while we worked through it and filled out the application and all the paperwork and our initial application to adopt was, um, was denied. And it was absolutely devastating. You know, I think we knew that my, my disability in terms of adoption and making sure that we would be suitable parents, um, we knew that it would be scrutinized a little bit. We knew that there would be questions we would have to answer. And we knew that we were going to have to have a plan about how, you know, we would overcome this particular obstacle and not make it an obstacle for, for our daughter. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we, either one of us expected it just to be um, denied mm-hmm. outright. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the day that I got that phone call, I spent hours crying after that phone call because I just, you know, again, I just knew that she was in China waiting for me. And I talked to my mom and she and I cried. And then, you know, your, your emotions kind of start to cycle through a process, I think. And for me, after a bit of time crying, I started to get really angry and, and, I started to think to myself, you know, they've seen my application, they've seen some paperwork, but they don't know me, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't know what I've overcome. They don't know the life that I live now and the life that I've architected and they don't know what my capabilities are in terms of being a mother to a child. And I decided that it was not over (laughs) and I contacted someone else at the agency um, that we were working with and basically begged them to help us and said, you know, surely this can't 
be it. There has to be an appeals process. There has to be something. And the owner of the adoption agency and this other woman and I um, basically proceeded to gang up on um, the government (laughs) of of China for the next uh, like 10 months um, to make it happen. And everybody was so amazing. We had people all over the United States who didn't know us, you know, falling over themselves to do favors for us and, and to help us make this happen when they heard what we were trying to do. And I will be forever grateful to, um, the, the country of China for giving me the gift of being a mother and, you know, letting me have the honor of taking care of this, this child for, the rest of my life. And she's, she's absolutely amazing. Oh, that's such a sweet story. And, you know, when you sit here and talk about that and you think, wow, like you said, they don't know me. They're just yeah. looking on paper. They are not going to deny me. I am determined. I know this in my heart to be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, we all have that in us. We, we know ourselves and, you know, even if you're how do I say this? Even if you're a person who has some self-doubt, I think that somewhere inside of you, we all know what we're, what we're truly capable of. It's a question of wanting it badly enough. And, and I, I truly, from the depths of my soul, believe that if a person wants something badly enough, you can make it happen. And you know what you're capable of and what you're not. You know what your your what lights your soul on fire and what doesn't. You know what is um, you know what's optional in your life and what is. Um, is just non-negotiable, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we all question things. We all have doubt and we all have those moments when we don't, you know, we, we've got that self-talk telling you that it's not going to be possible, but I think, you know, I think, you know, that it is, and you just have to grab a hold of that and see it through. Mm. Mindy, 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 you are a wise woman. Oh, we thank you. love you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I, uh, sure. I want to uh, ask people if they have not connected to you yet, they're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, your website is MindyHendersonSpeaks.com. Yes. And that's Mindy with a Y. Uh, how else can we find you, Mindy? Um, you can also find me on, on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Instagram is also Mindy Henderson Speaks um, is, is my handle and I'm just Mindy Henderson on Facebook. So, um, you know, find me, find me all of those places on my website. You can send me, um, messages and things. And, um, I'm always, um, um, looking for groups, um, organizations, companies, um, you know, any opportunity to come and speak to an organization, you know, adversity is, 
it's kind of a common tie that binds, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that not everybody listening is a disabled person, obviously. Um, so, you know, my story might not be your story, but we all have challenges in life. We all have hard days and different difficult journeys and, and paths that we walk. And so overcoming adversity and navigating those journeys is something that I think is, is relevant to, to all of us. And so if there's any way that I could be of service, I would love to hear from you. That's wonderful. And I highly recommend you. (laughs) You have a great spirit and I am so excited. Uh, Like we talked about earlier, if you're in the San Antonio, Texas area on October the 10th, we will be speaking together at the Finding Your Inner Beauty Conference. And so that's going to be a really, really fantastic event and a fantastic day. And I actually, on my events page, on my website, there's a link there where you can get tickets. Yay. Yeah. Wonderful. Very excited. I can't wait to be with you in person. Yes, it's going to be so much fun. But Mindy, you know, the quote that I think about you is, a dream is a wish that your heart makes. And so I just want to give that to you as as a little... Uh, day of inspiration because I think you have inspired me so much just watching you and getting to know you and I hope that people connect to you if they if they need that little boost and that little spark in their day to find you to to follow your blogs and to get you to come out and speak to them too so thank you for joining us today Thank you so much. That quote gave me goosebumps. It was, um, you're so sweet. And and it was such a pleasure to, to talk to you. So again, thank you for having me. Thank you. And all of you remember, you too can be an everyday leader in your life. And it just takes that little bit of spirit and that little bit of effort. So have a great day. And thanks for listening today. This has been a Joe Studios production.